This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores, where you can get a new Toro lawnmower, brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 636, June 14th, 2021. Today is Flag Day. Uh, the record high on this day was in 1987. We hit 98, and it was 44 degrees on three occasions 1909, 1917, and 1927. The uh, beautiful summer of swimming continues, and I hope you're swimming on a beach kept free of weeds and muck by Aquaside, a White Bear Lake con- uh, company. The Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. It's they're really they're really nifty. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are safe for you, the family, and the fish. So there is no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside; they'll help you identify your problem and make sure you get the right products. And that may make sure your place looks great all summer long. Call Aquaside at one eight hundred. 328-9350 or go to aquaside.com And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media John Hyde in the newsroom and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop here is your flashlight king Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. I, I read today that St. Paul has a new peace park. It's called Midway Peace Park. Oh. I'm going to get to it later and okay. discuss it. Well, I went to see it. Uh, I, it's a green line, green space. Okay. So I presumed it would be on University Avenue at Griggs. Right. Which is just, uh, what, a couple of blocks West of Lexington. Yes. What it do you do at a peace park? It ain't there. So it must be on Griggs uh, Street, either uh, south of University Avenue or north. So I'll have to reconnoiter again. Hmm. Uh, there's a big move on to get more green space along the green line. Get it? Let's green up Got the green it. line. They're so clever. Millions and millions of dollars spent on this. Uh, for all I know, it's terribly handsome. Uh, but I want to go see it, and, and I, I hope it stays peaceful. The address for the Midway Peace Park is 416 North Griggs. Oh, boy, I bet I had to take a right off University Avenue. Probably. We're going to get to more of that later okay. because there's much in this story that contradicts what we learned last week when we don't have park equity. Remember <laughs> That's that? right, yeah, yes. We don't have park equity. Say, we're increasingly being made aware of uh, promising candidates for, uh, for Minneapolis City Council. Uh, in Lisa Bender's ward, you've got that Chris Parsons, a St. Paul firefighter, is running for it. And in Ward 12, which is the southeast corner of Minneapolis, you've got a, a woman named Nancy Ford running as an independent. She is against defunding the police. She's running against Andrew Johnson, who wants to dismantle the police department. Okay. Uh, and I uh, got a note today from... Jake Hayes. Actually, I got it Saturday. I wrote you dummies last June in the aftermath of the Lake Street destruction about Nancy Ford. 
June 26, 2020, at 4.29 p.m. to be exact. Okay. I am her roommate, dog handler, and sounding board. She would love to be on the show. She had me write you clowns a couple of times. Just listen to yesterday's show, and you mentioned her. She will beat Andrew Johnson through her tenacity, work ethic, and crabby old lady superpowers. Good. As I wrote before, she is tough as nails, talks a bit salty at times, and drinks IPAs. Okay. So far, so good. Yeah. She has some insight into the Powderhorn 9 and the new batch of further left ultra-woke knuckleheads in their connection to the Humphrey Institute. She owns and runs the Repair Lair on East Lake Street. So if you need a zip, thank God she's not a community activist. Right, she's an actual business owner. Uh, so if you need a zipper fixed or you're on your old letter jacket, a gently used tent for the kids to play in the backyard, or a new buckle on your backpack, she can hook you up. To get a taste of her personality, check out her gear junkie appearance. And he linked me to a website. Uh, uh, longtime listener, infrequent emailer, and pushing back since birth. P.S. If Kenny visits the old neighborhood, Nancy likes the Cardinal, and it's a short walk from the house. First round is on me. But I don't think you were award 12, Kenny. No. Uh, RepairLair.com, mm -hmm. which is her website. Spend less on gear, more on beer. All right. That's her tag. Well, well the, the site he linked me to is Gear Junkie, one word, gearjunkie.com. Well, maybe it's a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast. Okay. Who doesn't Wait, have one? Well, <laughs> raise your hand if you don't have a podcast. Oh, and I should what? mention the beer show will be coming back this week. We'll Wonderful. look for Table Talk to be coming mm -hmm. back soon as well. Well, wonderful. Accepting advertisers of any make shape or form so jake hayes uh, provided us with nancy's cell phone number we're going to be talking to her shortly uh, what did you just say to me i was in 12 what did you say what were you in 12 you in yeah, ward 12 in, yeah 12 what was your did neighborhood you? called uh standish oh yeah standish is hiawatha how key waden minnehaha standish <laughs> okay yeah. all right i call that's that that's the last that's the extreme southeast quadrant of the city Quadrant. But I Kenny's property is, was more standoffish. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, we're also um, going to have a guy on named Paul Langenfeld who's running for mayor in St. Paul. And he's got some common sense. Okay, good. Where are these people? Where have these people been? Well, maybe it took a pandemic to, uh, to weed them out. No, you know what? They're, if, if you have any common sense at all or any. I think it was Jordy, or maybe it was Kelsey. I think it was Jordy who pointed out there's no more Republicans and Democrats. It's socialists, conservatives, and the government. Mm -hmm. There's no more Republicans and Democrats. And and so, if you come along with some conservative thinking or some common sense approaches to to life as we know it, uh, you're going to have a tough time getting publicity because it doesn't fit the template of the modern news gathering organization. <laughs> That's true. And, uh, for example, I haven't read a word about Nancy Ford. Have you? Mm -mm. No. I haven't read a word about uh, Chris. The firefighter. Uh, what's his name? Chris Parsons. I, I, I haven't read a, war, a word. But the media has given reams of coverage to the Powderhorn Nine and the rest of these goofballs who don't have a grasp on what the hell they're doing. Right. Uh I've got a candidate today uh, that's running for a council seat in Seattle I want to tell you about. Oh, boy. 
it's uh, it's absolutely mind-boggling. I don't think that's going to be good news. You're not giving us. Would some... that candidate also have a podcast? Do you think? I wouldn't surprise me. On cats. On cats. <laughs> it's, it's a pod cat. I got pod you. Cat. Know, you know they suffer the same thing we do with each uh, with each new mayor right. council person. Yeah, they're going to miss. That's well, going to be true. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, look look at the. Uh, I think it's Aya Miley running against De Blasio, and she's got the celebrity backing, and she's hip, and she's cool. She's a hypocrite. She thinks New York was founded by billionaires, and she doesn't like their money. But she took five hundred grand from George Soros. Oh, she's the one who wants to defund the police, but has a private police security in sure. her neighborhood. Sure, uh, the the it's a shame what's happening. And when I read you this one about Seattle, it could be the end of the world. Yikes! You know, and with that, you mentioned that you took a stroll. Down University. Well, I drove down University. What did you make any observations about that stretch of uh, of your city? It really needs help. Boy, it I'll say, really needs help. Uh, and again, uh, when we, I'm, I'm kind of delaying here because we're going to be talking to Nancy shortly. But when I get into this Midway Peace Park, uh, I, I have some thoughts that I developed on the Garage Logic Service Road of Life. Mm. Midway Peace Park. You know. New, is there any peace in Midway? It's it's a nice park, apparently. I'm going to make sure I see it. I'll have to go find it. I thought I would see it coming into the show today. But University Avenue was a healthy, bustling, commercial oh, man. avenue. It was car dealerships and Montgomery Wards and Sears at one end. And it was a, uh, a very functioning, healthy, economic driver. When did that change? With, the, uh, with, with light rail? Oh, it was changing before light rail. It was changing before light rail. I mean, how long has Ward's been gone? Right. When Montgomery, I would say when Montgomery Ward's, uh, that may have been the just the the very uh, beginning. Mm-hmm. Once they took that down, they said they were going to develop that and Midway it, Ford, Merritt Chevrolet, uh, Chrysler dealership. The name escapes me. Whitaker Buick. Uh, there was a BMW dealership. I think MotorWorks started on University Avenue. Lupient Arrow Pontiac. Arrow Pontiac. Arrow Pontiac. My Midway br- Ford. Yep. Uh, Midway Ford was owned by the um, the prom. Slavics. The prom ballroom. Oh my God! Yep. You're right. The Criterion. The Criterion Restaurant. Blue Horse. Blue Horse. Where was the prom ballroom? Uh, uh, where the was oh, it? Is it? Was it? Uh, it's, the, it's a gym now. Oh, it's a fitness center. A fitness oh, center. Okay. Right. Okay. Is it east of Lexington? Was that east of Lexington? Uh, no, you could look it up. I you have a computer right there. Yeah, but I'm trying to picture it. Snelling and Lex, I thought. I could be wrong. You no, know, it was west. Yeah, I think so. I think it was west of Lexington, hmm. but south of Snelling. That would be my south. recollection. I went there a lot. That was a, a good venue for rock bands. and East of Snelling, like I just said. I'm sorry, Snelling east of Snelling. Yeah. yeah. And west of Lex. <laughs> I wonder how Lisa Bender is handling the events of last night when one person was killed and three others were injured when someone drove a car into a group of protesters in Uptown. Protesters started gathering Sunday night at the parking ramp where Winston Smith Jr. was shot and killed by U.S. Marshals June 3rd, demanding changes against law enforcement. According to the Minneapolis Police Department, around 11.40 p.m., officers who were monitoring the protest with cameras saw a Jeep Cherokee drive into the group of protesters striking multiple people. Mm. Reports from the scene say the group grabbed the suspect from the vehicle and struck him multiple times, which is a polite way to say they beat the bleep out of him. All right. 
Uh, <laughs> side note, prom ballroom. Torn down in 87, located at 1190 University Avenue, which would indicate since we're 3415, it's on the uh, other side. I know, but here's what that can tell you. The, uh, the disappearance of the University Avenue of my youth then dates to at least 1987. Correct. Right. Correct. Additional police arrived along with ambulances who took two victims to the hospital, one who was in very critical condition. The victim is a woman who later died. Mm. Two additional victims sought medical attention from area hospitals. All three victims injured in the incident have non-life-threatening injuries. Police took the suspect into custody at the scene. They're being treated at a nearby hospital. There's no motive, uh, but police said drugs uh, and or alcohol may have played a factor. And then a small group of protesters blocked Lake Street early this morning. Uh, a Fox 9 news crew at the scene saw someone with a gun open fire after Ooh. a confrontation with a driver. They were yelling at drivers to go somewhere else, saying a woman was killed there. Boy, there goes Uptown down the tubes, huh? Yep. Is it odd that his name hasn't been released? Uh, the driver? Yeah, I don't know why that would be the case. Okay. That's, I, that's maybe he hasn't that's... been charged yet. About 15 oh, minutes true. later this morning, at least five Minneapolis police squad cars rolled up with weapons drawn. The suspect seen with a handgun took off running, but was quickly apprehended. At least two people were taken into custody. They're probably already back out on the street. That's our problem. They're probably already back out. Why don't you give Nancy a call? <clears throat> okay. They give Nancy Ford a call. She's running against... Oh, uh, In Ward 12. In Ward 12, she's running against... Uh, Andrew oh, Johnson. Yeah. Yep. He wants to defund police. Nancy, uh, who sounds like a character in the in the best sense of the word, uh, doesn't uh, want to defund the police. You want police or unproven community activists? Mm-hmm. Which who do you want policing? Who's going to who's going to follow the rules more? Is Nancy Ford joining us? Hi, Nancy. Hi, Joe. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, please tell me you're not a community activist. <laughs> um, I would say that that's probably well. I care about my community, and I'm an active person. Right. But the current definition of community activist, not so much. Right. Have you held a political office before? I have not. Why are you choosing to run in uh, Ward Twelve against Andrew Johnson? Well, I started thinking about a year and a half ago. I wasn't really happy with. Um, the interactions that I had had with um, uh, with our incumbent, and um, I guess at some point, and I also felt that I didn't think that our city council was doing a very good job of um, representing the, the needs of small business owners, and that's one of the things that I am. And so I figured, you know, if I if I'm not going to step up, then I need to shut up and. I'm not going to shut up. Are you uh, <laughs> a native uh, to Minneapolis? I am. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, so I went to, I, I graduated from Highland Park. My earlier years um, were spent living over by, um, oh gosh, uh, Linden Hills. Okay. A couple blocks away from Thomas Beach. Right. My dad, my dad worked at 3M, and so then they moved closer to 3M by moving to Highland Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, I graduated from high school there. Uh, let's see, on my 18th birthday, uh, I found my stuff sitting on the front steps of my mom's house. 
Um, because <laughs> it was time for me to find someplace else to live. And I, you know, I lived in Cedar Riverside. It was called Cedar Square West then. I lived uptown, uh, you know, uh, Railroad Island over on the east side of St. Paul. Uh, I eventually bought a house uh, over by Laurel and Victoria. Yeah. And uh, now, currently, for the last 15 years, I've been living over by 46 in Hiawatha. Did you ever patch it up with mom? Is everything okay now? Everything is okay. I, okay. Everything got squared away with mom a long time ago. Yeah. Okay, good. Tell me your views I, of uh, policing. Uh, we have serious problems with our police department. They've been ongoing for quite some time. And I would say that probably some of them exist because of neglect from our, our city council. Um, you know, I, the answer I've gotten for a number of different problems, not just policing, but other issues are, well, there's nothing we can do. You know, whether it be even just putting in a, a couple of, you know, putting sidewalk in front of a couple of houses that currently don't have sidewalk, the answer is, well, there's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I complain about, you know, litter, you know, near the 46th Street and Hiawath intersection, uh, that's the answer again is, well, there's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. So I go out and I pick up litter. Mm-hmm. One of the... Um, uh, a, a campaign offer that I have for a small campaign contribution is you can get, um, you know, litter bags made out of recycled camping tents and okay. I, your own very, very own garbage picker for, I think, a suggested uh, contribution of either 15 or $20. But you're not, a, you do not intend to defund police, as I understand it. No, absolutely not. You can't punish, I don't think you should be punishing the police department by, you know, taking their allowance away, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not, that's not productive. Um, you know, what we should be doing is we should be, you know, removing, you know, some of their responsibilities and passing them on to, you know, others that do the job better. Mm-hmm. Panama County is far better equipped to handle, you know, social service issues than the police department is, and we should be leaning much harder on, you know, Hennepin County to do those things. Um, I think the I think the Minneapolis Police Department had, used to have a you know a homeless outreach person who did a great job, and I don't think that's his job anymore. I think he's been you know you know he's been moved on to you know some other job responsibility. I, I don't know the specifics, but I think that's the case. Um, so um, yeah, same thing with dealing with our you know the homeless issues, um, you know drug problems, you know with, with chronic homelessness and, and drug use. You know there's probably a solution to that, and it's not our police department. So, um, yeah, don't, don't punish the police department by, you know, cutting the money they could use, by, use for, you know, training. Um, I think I had mentioned when you went to my website, you, I mentioned beat cops. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I own a business on East Lake Street, and I spend a lot of time there, and I've been spending more time not in the store, but walking up and down the street with my garbage picker and litter bag, and I, you know, see a lot of people, and there's... Um, you know, people that recognize me and say, I recognize you from, oh, you, you're another one of those people that walks a lot. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of walkers, and you, you get to know who is in your neighborhood. And having beat cops, having somebody just checking on your shop every so often, you know, you know what's, what's happening in your neighborhood. Let's plug your business. It's called Repair Lair? Yes. What do you do? My business. What do you do? What do I do? I am a repair and secondhand shop that specializes in outdoor gear and clothing. Um, I used to work for, um, you know, an outdoor shop that sold a lot of new stuff that was incredibly expensive. And 
at some point I realized that, you know, the, the myth that the outdoor industry perpetuates is that you have to buy all this expensive stuff to do outdoor things, and it is a myth, and somebody needs to stop perpetuating it, and that's one of the things that I try to do with my shop, make, you know, the outdoors accessible for all. I've been there for, I think, almost eight years now, and I get a ton of people that walk into that shop that would never, ever walk into an outdoor store and have to deal with the, you know, the the perceived, um, what's the word I'm looking for, intimidation that goes on in mm-hmm. some of those stores. When you look at the price tags and when you look at, you know, the outdoor resumes of some of the people that work at some of these shops, yeah, it's intimidating. If you're just somebody who wants to take your family out camping for the first time, that's not where you want to go. Okay, I didn't mean to promote it that much. I would just uh... <laughs> people pay big bucks for that. And you have a website. I got a phone call from um, from the strip a couple of days ago, and they did an interview with me this morning. Oh <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm fresh fresh off of that too. Well, tell me this: you you are meeting people. Uh, are you sensing that there uh, that the citizens in Minneapolis are awakening to how much trouble the city is in? One hundred percent. Okay. One, 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 on one-on-one conversations that I have with people, either when I'm walking the dog in the, in the morning, whether I'm picking up litter on Lake Street, whether I am, you know, you know, knocking on doors in my neighborhood, uh, I have been, you know, greatly, um, what's the word, I can't, I, the appreciation there that somebody is willing to run. I get a lot of thank yous. Um, I get a lot of people that are incredibly concerned about the direction that the city is going in and um, and especially definitely positives about my decision to run as an independent candidate instead mm-hmm. of seeking the BFL endorsement. Right. Well, do you, do you, do you like your chances? How, how do you sense that you're doing? I think I'm doing awesome. Yep. I never know. Ne- if there was ever a time, if there was ever a place and a person that was going to take a seat in Minneapolis as an independent candidate, it is me in Ward 12 this year. Wonderful. Nice. Nice. Boys, we'll stay in touch with Nancy. Yes, for sure. Yes, please. The, the repair layer, so I can get stuff fixed there. Yes, you can. All we right. Don't, we almost never throw anything out. All right. And... Uh, no, no, no not the, yeah, okay, okay, you okay. Yeah, big bucks, you. big bucks to get on this show. <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I ask hey, a, a question? Stop in and I'll give you a free, I'll give you a fair talk on your birthday. All right, here, Kenny's got a question for you, Nancy. So, right. Nancy, I used, I used to live down in that ward. I we moved last uh, winter. Um, we lived right across the street from uh, Sibley, Sibley Field. And what you said about trying to get things done or get a, a, a courtesy ear from our council member was almost impossible. My wife tried numerous times to get cross, a crosswalk uh, across 38th Street at 19th, and, and they said basically what you said, don't even ask. Don't even ask. Stop asking. Mm-hmm. Quit bothering me. Mm-hmm. And we got that a lot from them, so I certainly commiserate with what you're saying. But my question is some, uh, for you is, is out of our ward or out of Ward 12, and I, I'd like to know your opinion on what should be done about 38th and Chicago. Do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, 38th and Chicago is not my ward. I know, um, but I'm wondering, but do you have what, an what opinion? What would I say about it? I, yeah, what's what your I opinion? A long time ago, so let me, I'll tell you. So what do I think they should do about it? I think the people that are, are, that are retaining 
um, control over that intersection um, shouldn't be settling for something as small as that. I mean, they should be looking to having some sort of community center and meditation garden, something like that built um, in the memory of, of Mr. Floyd. It shouldn't be something as, as small as just an inter intersection. And the control of the intersection, I think, is like a lot of things that go on in the city, and it's about power and money. And, um, and an unwillingness to negotiate um, tells me that, and I also sit back and I wonder about how much money is flowing in and out of you know, Venmo and GoFundMe accounts. Um, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's crippling for the small businesses in that area. And we are hearing from, we're not hearing from the collective, meaning everybody's not included. It's, it's an exclusive group that seems to be speaking for everybody. Right. Um, and so the way I look at it is, no, you shouldn't be settling for something as small um, and petty as an intersection. You should be, you should be seeking out something far better than that. You know, I, it'd be great to see, you know, some sort of vocational training center there that provides, you know, skills for people so they can get great jobs, you know, and include in that a business, a small business incubator and a meditation garden, you know, something that's really there for everybody versus taking over an intersection out of, you know, I, now you can't, now, now you can't let go of it because it's the principle of the whole thing. And if you do, then you're going to look like you lost. I hope to God you debate Andrew Johnson because he won't stand a chance. Well, I, I hope so too. I contacted the League of Women Voters and they said I have to go through my um, community um, neighborhood associations. I sent them an email and um, somebody was speaking for the three organizations that cover my ward and they said, well, we're, we talked about it and maybe we'll do something in September. Um, we'll get back to you that. Right. But you know, early voting starts the middle of September. Yeah. Nancy, and, you know, if you want to do it, do it now, but don't stall me because Mr. Johnson came out of the um, neighborhood associations. That's his background. Yeah. So yeah, I can understand why you would want him and keep supporting him. And you're not going to want to lose Cannon like me, who is probably going to address a lot of things and probably make more work for people. Kenny. Uh, one more question. Um, what are your thoughts about our current system of government with a strong city council leadership and a weak mayor? Do you like that, or sh do you think we should have a strong mayor and weak council system? No, um, it, it should stay the way it is, but my concern right now is that come November, uh, the, the activist um, left-leaning city council is striving, and the DFL, I think, is doing the same thing, they are striving to have a veto-proof um, city council. They want to take as many seats as they can come this November. So it is important for everybody in this city to pay real, real close attention to the uh, to the races in your wards and um, the the number of people that show up it's, show up to vote for local elections is incredibly small, and that needs to change. And I hope this is the year that it happens. Um, I'm not interested. The other reason why I didn't want to run for uh, the DFL endorsement is. I'm not interested in, in getting the votes of the people that are already going out and voting every year. I want to find out about the 80% that aren't voting. Why aren't there they there? Go. Is it because right. nobody represents them? Is yep. it because they think that they don't have a choice? You know, I don't know, but I want to know the answer to that. And honestly, yeah, I, I don't want to say come out and say, I don't care whether you vote for me or not because I do care whether you vote for me, but I want to see you get educated on the different, th different things that the candidates are standing for, and I want you to get to the polls, and I want you to vote this year. Nancy, best of luck. We'll be in touch. 
Hey, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Yep. And um, I'm totally serious. I have to go right back and finish cleaning the garage. All right. Good for you. Thank you. I think Kenny. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> Kenny is done with his question. When I meant that Andrew Johnson didn't stand a chance, I meant that he wouldn't get a word in. Ah, which I, I which I'd be That's all fine. for. I'd be all for that. And by the way, this portion of Garage Logic is brought to you by a repair layer. Repair there layer. you go. Yeah. yeah, you can't open the paper these days without uh, discovering another article about the way people are changing how they work and where they work. Mm-hmm. They're looking for new places. That would be center point of Mendota Heights Commercial Office Park, a rolling uh, campus of shade trees and lawns and free parking right in front of your single story. Office, uh, you're not going to go downtown, wait for elevators, fight construction. That parking is free. That's your spot. And uh, every office space is customizable so you can get exactly what you want. Great access to the airport. Highways 55, 62, 494, and 35E. And it's uh, beautiful. I've been there. It's a park-like setting surrounded by trees uh, and very close to walking trails, bike trails, and great lunch spots. You can find out much more at escapetomendota.com. Hey, GLers, it's officially mosquito season. If you're getting eaten up in your yard, please call my guys at Mosquito Shield. They are owned and operated by GLers. Fantastic people. Ray and Mike, they are a father and son team who own and operate two franchises right here in the Twin Cities. They've been at it since 2014. And now in western Wisconsin, listen to this. Jay was so impressed last year by Mosquito Shield ads on GL that he wanted the service for his yard. So he said, heck with it. He bought his own franchise, and he is now serving western Wisconsin. These guys are legit. I've had them done in my yard. And here's why it's important. They use a proprietary blend that is specifically formulated to rid your yard of mosquitoes and ticks. It was invented by the founder of Mosquito Shield. They will take great care of you and your yard. Do this right now. Find them online at MoShield.com. That's M-O-Shield.com. Click on the locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin and you'll find them. Or just give Ray and Mike a call at 612-619-1556 for Minnesota Yards. And for Western Wisconsin, you can call Jay or Jack at 715-410-4221. If you mention GL, you are going to get $75 off your service with Mosquito Shield. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. So, we've covered this before. Liberty Safe, obviously the best safe ever made, a product of the United States of America. We've covered that it's sold in this market by Rich at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Uh, you know his website, right? MapleGroveLockandSafe.com. Here's the deal, though. Rich is moving on down the road just a little bit. He's moving to 6901 East Fish Lake Road, also in the Maple Grove area. And Rich, he's like all of us. He'd rather discount some safes instead of moving them. So that means, among others, you can get 20% off all AMSEC safes in stock. But there's a caveat. You have to buy them before June 18th. That's the end of next week. That's so you can get those things delivered and in your house before July 1st. Rich, he offers a full commercial and residential lock and safe services and safes of all sizes. And it's not going to be long, and he's going to be doing it in, in a brand new store. So if you haven't had a chance, please log on to maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Jute Salon and Spa which I, I understand was a, a fairly successful. Very. Rook, for, didn't you do their ads? Uh, did I, we have them as a I client? I don't know that I did jute. 
Or was that Spal That was the other one. Spalon Montage. Montage. Well, Jalute, Jute Salon Spa is closing. They're leaving Uptown, uh, and they're blaming the violence. And that wow. that is really, uh, you know, uh, that's the type of thing Lisa Bender should be on, and, 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 and she probably isn't. The owner and founder, David Wagner, confirmed in a Facebook post Sunday morning that the location at the corner of West Lake Street in Hennepin would close after being in business in the area since 1986. Mm. It's a sad day, Wagner wrote. We decided to close due to the continued escalation of crime and violence in our neighborhood. I would be heartbroken if any of our team or clients got hurt. Uh, Jute has other locations in Edina, Roseville, St. Paul, Wyzetta, and Woodbury, in addition to several salons in California and Arizona. According to its website, Jute also closed its downtown Minneapolis location because of reduced traffic due to the COVID. A recent string of crime and closures has plagued uptown in recent years. Well, there was gunplay there this morning mm -hmm. with a car trying to block traffic. Uh, earlier this month, the iconic uh, foghorn right. that please. got that ready to go right yeah, here, please. sir. Uptown Theater closed for good, and Landmark Theaters, which operated the space since 1978, was evicted due to unpaid back rent. In the aftermath of George Floyd, the shopping and dining district was impacted by multiple rounds of looting and rioting. Longtime resident Philip Qualley told CARE 11 recently that the violence in the neighborhood is the worst he's seen in more than 35 years. Mm. We noticed the late night noise and commercial district impacts on Friday and Saturday nights really getting out of hand in front of our homes on the streets between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m., said Qualley who moved back in 1983. We love living here, Qualley said. We just kind of watch out for one another. That's what it's come to. A very successful a shame. very successful business is going to just leave. They can't take it anymore. Back to the Peace Park. Uh, in 2014, the same year as the Green Line trains uh, began running, the Trust for Public Lands Greening the Green Line report quantified exactly how underserved uh, the area is. While St. Paul and Minneapolis are comprised of 15% parkland, less than 5% of the areas within brief walking distance of the light rail corridor uh, are parkland. And uh, some uh, station areas offered less than half that much greenery. Hoping to infuse more grass and less blacktop, Trust for Public Land officials helped lead a $6 million fundraising campaign that drew early support from the St. Paul and Minneapolis Foundation, the uh, FR Bigelow Foundation, Target, Ecolab, other key partners, including the city of St. Paul. About half of the Midway Peace Park is publicly funded, but the first $3 million in private fundraising was instrumental in acquiring land for the Peace Park from a series of owners. The National Park Service and more recently, Toro provided grants. Uh, Earth was first turned in the fall of 2019, and uh, there's an official opening tomorrow. The new Peace Park helped to close one of the few park coverage gaps in St. Paul, said Eric Weiss, a parks program director with the Trust for Public Land Minnesota. Wasn't it the woman head of the public, uh, the Trust for Public Land Minnesota who wrote the screed about there's not enough parks for everybody? Yes. All right. Well, listen to this. Listen to this statistic. Now, 99% of St. Paul residents... Let's just call it 100%. Right. Everyone. Everyone. Okay. Every resident of St. Paul now has access to a public park within a 10-minute walk from their house. How can that not reflect equity? <sighs> That's really good. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, it's amazing. 
It is. It's especially hot in this area of the city because there's so much concrete and impervious surface. As the trees grow over the years, it will provide an important space to cool the neighborhood. All right. <laughs> I, I agree. Trees, I'm, I'm not anti-tree. I'm not anti There's a water structure. There's a basketball court. There's a, I want to look for it. I, I missed it. I'll have to go back. Uh, and you've got people going to be speaking there tomorrow. There's a big... Uh, Peace Park uh, Grand Opening tomorrow. Uh, I think it's tomorrow afternoon. So, um, uh, Do I need coins added, or have you not given the address? Uh, uh, Rook did. Uh, it was on Griggs Street. Let me look it up again. I have it right here. Okay. It's 416 Griggs Street. It's at Griggs and University. But see, I made okay. the assumption. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I made the assumption that because it was apparently supposed to be Green Line Greenery that I would have seen it on University Avenue. It must be a, a block or two uh, north of a University. Maybe the, maybe the park uh, the uh, park is made out of tar. <laughs> well, no, they... <laughs> I, can't, I can't picture any green space on University there or isn't Griggs. Any. There isn't any. I drove down University today. And you didn't see it. I didn't. I'd seen nothing. <laughs> I hadn't seen it. I, I hadn't seen it see either. It. Stop mocking my people. <laughs> Two sizable playground facilities are now connected to a lengthy slide that follows the natural slope of a pre-existing hill. The playgrounds are somewhat centrally located within the acreage, allowing room for an open field, a central plaza, a stage, a seating area, full basketball court. Two acres of paved service have been replaced with green space, including 73 new trees. The park is partially bisected by a diagonal path that runs from Griggs Street to a central water feature a rain-fed channel and infiltration pond developed in partnership with the Capital Region Watershed District. Okay. So that's where all the cigarettes and trash and wrappers. Right, needles. And Here's something else I didn't know. Here's something else I didn't know. A new, it's a five-acre park. It officially opens Tuesday behind Gordon Parks High School. I didn't know St. Paul had a Gordon Parks High School. Uh, I didn't know that either. Living there. What, what, what's the deal with you? So this is technically behind Aldi. Okay. You know where Aldi is on University Avenue. The official grand opening is from 3 to 6 p.m. tomorrow. There'll be food trucks, activities, and a series of scheduled speakers, including elders from Skyline Tower and students from the high school who are among the groups that have rallied for a new Friends of Midway Peace Park. I believe that tower is largely a Somali uh, population. Yeah. So there you have it. There now all go. I got to do is go back and find the damn thing. I thought I'd, uh, I thought I'd uh, have a better, better reporting job uh, than I was able to, uh, than I was able to do. But uh, I, you uh, back to I was going to bring this up, but you you mentioned the fact that Jute had pulled out of both uptown and downtown Minneapolis. Right. And I forgot to send this to you this morning. Did you see what's going on in the city of Baltimore? Oh, I meant to bring that up. Okay, good. 37 businesses in <laughs> Fells Point, which is a Tony area. Very nice area. They are uh, either going to or they are threatening to withhold all tax and permit payments until the city gets its act together regarding crime, trash, littering, you name it. Mm. And I think that that should happen. Absolutely. That should, should happen here. That'd be a great trend to start. How long would these screwballs last 
without the constant flow of taxpayer money that allows them to conduct essentially nothing more than experimentations that have nothing to do with running a city. Plain office. Pick up the trash, pick up the litter, fund the police. Make sure the streetlights work. Make sure people don't get to close intersections just because they feel like it. Withhold. Let's withhold our taxes. Yeah. I don't well, know why a movement like that has not started the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings. When, city taxes are folded right into your, um, into your state taxes, are they not? I no, mean, well, so there, you'd be you'd No, be there is no city tax. There's a property tax. Right, so you'd be withholding from the Minnesota Department of Revenue, right? right? Right. Have you ever, you guys, have you ever been late for a tax payment to Minnesota? No. They give you about 30 seconds, and then they start sending out threatening letters. Mm-hmm. The next day, they come knocking on your door and say, uh, this is my property now. Screw you. You didn't pay your taxes. We're taking it. But can you, if, can, if, you cannot withhold your taxes to the state of Minnesota. Trust me, they are far worse than the uh, feds, the the IRS. Wow. But, far worse. But if forty of the largest businesses in the in the state no. of Maryland it, decide to, maybe that'll work in Maryland. But that ain't working with Minnesota. Trust well, me, these people I, will not compromise. I would join any citizens group in St. Paul that would withhold their property tax payments. Until the mayor of St. Paul reduces his cabinet by half and gets back to the Joe, work of running the city. Torches, pitchfork, he's an army of one. Well, we're paying that, too much for nonsense. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you, Joe, but that is all lovely sky, a pie in the sky, know, something, something. Unicorns and rainbows. Because you cannot withhold anything to, to the Department of uh, the Minnesota Department of Revenue. Well, Trust what me. If, what if... Uh, here we go. Give me a you can band together. Every single citizen in in the in the city of Saint Paul can band together. the The state of Minnesota is going to take your bleep. They're going to take it. What Trust if a hundred thousand people? They're taking it. They're going to take a hundred thousand houses. They, they are going to take it. Yeah. Kenny, this yes. is an agency of the state that then. can't properly get license tabs. Chris, sent out. I'm on. I'm on your side. I'm just telling you the way it is. Hmm. I'm on your side. Yeah. What you're saying is, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm just He's saying. seen the Governor. letter. He's seen it. He's seen he ain't, the he ain't seen it. He gets it all the time. <laughs> I've I've seen the letters from the, the Minnesota <laughs> Department of Revenue. That's yeah. what I've seen. <laughs> Wax hands last year uh, really wasn't doing anything and did not put on my sales tax zero. <laughs> they sent a bill for one hundred dollars because I did not file my sales tax was zero. So and they made it. me pay. Is, I, I, is the industry reaching out for another cash call? Yeah, we're going to have to have a cash call. So, so i got to talk to you after the show. <laughs> These are people that you do not meddle with. Yeah, and, Kenny, and yeah. the letter was there like that. Yeah. yeah. And Jeez. I finally, in, in my case, I had to make three phone calls before I finally got a hold of someone who had been there longer than six months. And as she was an old vet, and she tells, oh, honey, don't worry about it. I got you covered. And just like that, boom, she cleared everything up. But it was finding that person, you know. It, it, it was well, scary. It, Such, it was scary. Was it? The sad thing for me is that $100.16 was going to go back to my lead investor. And now I, I can't oh, give him sure. that. I had to give it to the state. I can't give it 
to my lead. I was all set. I had a crisp one hundred dollar bill, sixteen cents, and it was going to the lead investor. And then well, I get this tax let me, bill. Let me tell you something. Yeah, yeah. I, my I, I, my lead investor is anonymous, from what I know. We'd both have to live to be two hundred. Before I'm going to get my money back. I think I've given you 20. I don't think. I think I've given you 20. I think. I, I, oh I think God. it's Rook, just for. Funny. Yeah. Right. Next time, lunch is on me. <laughs> lunch is on me, so what do you need? <laughs> is that the same? Is that the same jerk that sold you that uh, crap can you drive oh around I got for? Screwed. I got for screwed. I got screwed. The Jetta? <laughs> I got screwed on that deal, too. No, Thought we didn't. were buds. No, you didn't. You know where I bought that car? Schmelz. Oh, it's a great car. I so love it. I know. You're just having fun with the idea that you think you paid too much. You didn't pay a damn thing. No, for but it. you know what that is? That is my workhorse. I love that car. I've bought a lot of cars from Schmelz Countryside on Maplewood, Highway 36 and 61. They've been there 50, 60 years. Multi-generational family ownership. They don't own 40 stores. These are the Schmelzes, and they uh, have great products. Volkswagens, Alfa Romeos. Fiat's 0% right now for 60 months on all new Volkswagens. The all new Volkswagen Taos is in stock. It's a new SUV, slightly smaller than the Tiguan and loaded with technology Technology and and stuff. stuff. And they have uh, the ID4 electric uh, vehicle models available. I drove one. Uh, My God, if I was a 30 year old who grew up with cell phones and laptops, I'd probably probably be in that thing. I couldn't understand half of it. Uh, It's fantastic. Uh, they're located 10 minutes east of Minneapolis and 5 minutes north of St. Paul. And great details at SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com. Better than a good day at work. So by my standards, that means a bad day fishing with a good cigar is probably the best day ever. And the best way to make that great bad day fishing is to get that great cigar from Sodi's. That was a long way, wasn't it? <laughs> when, when you roll into Sodi's to buy your cigars, you'll find out it's a great experience, a great shop with a huge humidor stocked with a wide variety of cigars, a wonderful smoking lounge, uh, all separated from the purchasing area, and it has a state-of-the-art ventilation system in, so you can go in, smoke your cigar, walk out and not carry that smell home with you. The only thing missing here is a fishing pond or a creek. Uh, the guys at Sodi's, they have the knowledge to pick out exactly what's right for you. Cigars, that is, not crawlers or minnows. Uh, but if you're an old cigar pro, in that case, look into joining the Sodi's Club. That's a special membership. You receive a personal cigar locker there in the store and a 15% discount on all merchandise. They're located right off Highway 36, south side of 36 on Osgood and Stillwater. It's the last light right before you head over the new bridge. Hang a right on Osgood. You'll see Sodi Cigar and Pipe immediately on your right. You'll also find them at SodiCigars.com. And when you roll in there, tell them that the uh, crew at Garage Logic Podcast sent you. Can you doing something? <laughs> That's all right. Keep it going. Here's a guy that didn't play his liner, Joe Souchere. And while we're at it, how come he's not on, as he says, the TV today? Uh, Nor is rookie. We're having some What's technical issues here, Kenny. Well, these technical issues have been going on for a couple of weeks. Let's get to the bottom of this. Who's the big earner uh, under this umbrella? Let's go here. Show all us right, I'm going to go talk to somebody. All right. Say, uh, Such, I tried to teach my motorhead nephews about seafoam over the weekend. Turns out they've been all over seafoam since they were old enough to spin a plug wrench. They They're nothing to learn. They all That's in their genetic makeup. 
listen to me. They had the gall to look me in the eye and say, hey, Uncle Kenny, seafoam is a wonderful product in a world of bad gas. <laughs> so I had to move to the deep creep speech, the penetrating oil and lube that works way better than anything else in the market. Then I moved on to the high mileage. I gave them the speech in my GMC truck, 99,000 miles on it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I'm also going to be the fun uncle here. I'm going to set the fellows up with the supply of seafoam marine pro for their two and four stroke motors and i'm also going to throw a bunch of cans of seafoam top engine cleaner at them which way more effective than your basic carb cleaner it's a wide range of products made to keep my nephews and all of us and our cylinders happy it's available the world over and yeah guys it truly is a wonderful product in the world of bad gas last week we learned that uh from a fruitcake that uh, <laughs> apple pie is, has some sort of racist implications, which it does not, of course. Uh, today, we learned from the Washington Post that uh, uh, birds are racist. Well, sure. Yeah. Birds. Birds, birds are racist? The birding community. Uh, oh, I, I need a fog. It's got to get this <laughs> We can't go on. Okay, thank you faces a difficult debate about the names of species connected to enslavers, supremacists, and grave robbers. Karina Newsom is a black ornithologist, as rare as some of the birds she studies. When she joined Georgia Audubon, Audubon last year, the group's executive director called her hiring a first step to begin working to break down barriers so that people from all communities can fully enjoy birding and the outdoors. Because right now in the United States, it's against the law for any black person to be outside or look at a bird. We well, have to is. fix that. Okay. We have to fix that. Although, look at look at Central Park Karen, the way she handled that black guy who was birding. And she, she lost her job, yeah, didn't good. she? And she was, and now she's suing? But overcoming those barriers will be daunting, as with the wider field of conservation, racism and colonialism are in ornithology's DNA, indelibly linked to its origin story. The challenge of how to move forward is rolling white ornithology is roiling white ornithologists. Where in the hell is this cursor? Uh, uh, I wish GLers could see the cloud show no, that Chris and I are watching right just, now. Can you put all of this on the YouTube? I might Can have just, to. <laughs> uh, oh, you oh, need help with that one, don't you? This is a problem here. Here I can. Uh, I think the job title you're looking for is... Uh, is it the number of amateur ophthalmologists op 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 in the Twin Cities? The, last <laughs> the so challenge of how to move oh, forward is roiling okay. white ornithologists as they debate whether to change as many as 150 eponyms, names of birds that honor people with connections to slavery and supremacy. The Bachman Sparrow... Wallace's fruit dove and other winged creatures bear the names of men who fought for the southern cause, stole skulls from Indian graves for pseudoscientific studies that were later debunked, and bought and sold black people. Some of these men stoked violence and participated in it without consequence. Even John James Audubon's name is fraught in a nation embroiled in a racial, re in a racial reckoning. Long the most recognized figure in North American birding for his detailed drawings of the continent species, he was also an enslaver who mocked the abolitionists working to free black people. Some of his behavior is so shameful that the 116-year-old National Audubon Society, the country's premier bird conservation group, hasn't ruled out changing its name. 
an Oriole, Warbler, and Shearwater all share it. I'm deeply troubled by the racist actions of John James Audubon and recognizing how painful that legacy is for black, indigenous, and people of color who are part of our staff, volunteers, donors, and members. Interim Chief Elizabeth Gray said in May, although we have begun to address this history, we have a lot more to unpack. I, I, I can't, I, I can't. She we and need other... a man on, Joe, we need a man on the street. We need to send Rookie downtown with a microphone mm-hmm. and start interviewing uh, any black person he comes across and ask him about this. Are you offended by, you know? Well, here's the problem. Apple pie. Here's the problem. Right. No one knew this until the Washington Post made it public. Right. Okay. Right. What harm would have come to the world uh, by us not knowing this? Or do like we've been preaching, teach history with all its warts and foibles and pimples and zits and learn from history. Offensive eponyms compound that sense of not belonging. Despite professional and amateur birding groups' declared commitment to diversity, only two names have been discarded, the Townsend's Warbler and the Townsend's Townsend's Solitaire still invoke John Kirk Townsend. No, they don't. It's a bird. They they don't invoke this name at all to me. (laughs) Don't know who he is, don't care. Uh, apparently, he was a uh, he detailed exploits in traditional Native American burial grounds in the West. He was a Phil- Philadelphia-born ornithologist in the early 1800s. He was the skull collector. Who who in the hell finds this stuff? <laughs> yeah, the Wallace's owlet and five other birds honor Alfred Russell Wallace, a British naturalist, explorer, and anthropologist, credited along with Charles Darwin for conceiving the theory of evolution through natural selection. Wallace's writings frequently use the N-word, including in reference to the little brown hairy baby he boasted about caring for after fatally shooting her mother during an 1855 trip to the Malay Archipelago. Some historians... Wow. Wait a minute. I'm more offended. He shot the mom so he could get access to the babies? Well, it was thought that they were orangutans. Wow. That is so horrible. That is just yes, you. That you is, are so phony, Matthew. Three birds, including the crimson <laughs> Jameson's so firefinch, are named God. after another British naturalist involved in a heinous God. act committed against a young girl he purchased as a joke in 1888 during what? an exhibition in Africa. Wait, what? No, what? Yeah, well, just listen then. James Sligo Jeez. Jameson wrote in his journal that the girl was then given to a group of natives described to him as cannibals. Hmm. Well, Jesus. We got Holy some bad crap. stuff going on. Yeah. Conservation. Gets, gets I know this is real. I'm never going to look at another bird. <laughs> no. I'm taking down my feeders. <laughs> I'm just going to start shooting. Shoot every bird you see. <laughs> yep. Conservation has been driven by white patriarchy, said J. Drew Lanham, a black ornithologist and professor at Clemson. This whole idea of calling something a wilderness after you move people off it or exterminate them, and that you get to take ownership. Oh my God! How long does the uh, uh, Wow. In Honolulu, orthonologist Olivia Wang is equally harsh. She regards the honorifics that birds carry with disdain. They are a reminder that this field I work in was primarily developed in shape by people not like me, who probably would have viewed me as a lesser, said Wang, an Asian-American graduate student at the University of Hawaii. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, and they got pictures here of birds yeah. named for uh, Audubon. Uh, to... Uh, white explorers, conservationists, and scientists who cross the world conveniently, 
conveniently ignored the fact that the birds have been discovered, named, and observed by Native people for centuries. Uh, to Cherokee, eagles are the Awahili, and crows are Kagu. Uh, the English common name for the chickadee is a butchered translation of the Cherokee name, which I cannot pronounce. Similar sounding names for other birds that English speakers renamed or mispronounced are scattered throughout the East Coast tribes. Uh, the Westminster Dog Show was last night. Okay. And, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty racist, isn't it? A mop wanted this thing. Look, just, just put a handle in this mutt and he had a mop. <laughs> Uh, so probably cost twenty thirty. Oh, I know. But here, well then, can't this be done to dogs? Oh, of course. I'm sure you There's could. No can't this, this be done to any animal or plant? Yes. Who okay, named then it? what are we on to? What are you on to? If if the Washington Post is going to use its its uh, energy to write this extraordinarily long piece on the racist history of bird names, then it's inevitable that they're going to do it to. To dogs and cats. Probably. It's inevitable that it will be done to plants. Well, How do I know for... the dandelion wasn't named because of some guy named Dandy Lion? Right. And he was a slave owner. He was a mean guy. Yeah. Yeah, we don't know. We're going to have to. Where do. Hostas. Where, where does it end? Yeah, flowers. Flowers. They're going out of their way to find. They're, you know, they're drumming this stuff up. Okay, then what's who, it who work Who even here? knew this crap about birds? Well, you know. It's bird wash. It's, it's power washing. It's power washing. Power washing yeah. is taking on. A new significance in this country. There's something deeper going on here. This is a, a an utter attack on innocence. Not only innocence, it's an utter attack on on the people who founded the country. It's an utter attack on the country. That the country is fundamentally flawed. Because the founding fathers were white, mm -hmm. and subsequently uh, people who named birds were white, and uh, people who named dogs were white, and people who named plants. So are we trying to? Are we attempting to reinvent our own history? Is that what we're trying we're to do? We're attempting yeah, to. Yeah, that, that's the well, word. Yes, well, not yes. even. No, we're attempting to abolish it and have it replaced. Let's return to uh, the topic we had last week on. Uh, uh, ideology. Who's gonna? What ideology are we going to be expected to adhere to, and who will decide that, and how will it be enforced? What were we discussing when that came up? Um, I'm drawing a blank. Something equally as absurd. Was it the park it? discussion? No. But if you're seriously, the Washington Post, which once did important things. This is a. I can't tell you how long this piece is. By it was the. Way. the I, I was looking it up. Joe. It might have been a special. Section. It was the. We, it was a weekly special edition that because uh, the boogeyman was the one that showed it to us on uh, on Twitter, but it was a special edition for their weekend. I don't know if it was their Saturday or their Sunday paper. Here's a picture of uh, a bird, uh, Audubon's warbler, distinctive yellow throat. Ranges from Western Canada into Maine, named for John James Audubon, an enslaver. All right. Mm. Uh, I, I certainly grant you that the Native Americans might have had names for the birds. Uh, I was looking up some flowers just to see uh, origins. Uh, I, I, I can't see roses. Uh, there's one-eyed, or not one-eyed Susan, black-eyed Susan. One-eyed Susan was the gal we knew in high school. Mm -hmm. uh, black-eyed Susan. Uh, I don't know how far back that goes, but it doesn't say the origin mm. of that or one-eyed Susan. 
A decade ago, uh, the committee unanimously refused to rename the Maui Parrot Bill, criticizing the proposed Kiwi Kiu as contrived, ridiculous, and hard to pronounce. Uh, as part of last year's awakening, activists sought an actual transcript, and oh, they want to change this thing. All right. Uh, this thing is just loaded with pictures and diagrams and uh, leaders in the profession are listening, listening more closely to protests. Uh, God help us. I, I, I think that the message I can take from this is no aspect of America <laughs> is safe from exposure. Yeah. Well, again, but, birds. We're all in agreement that enslaving people is a preposterous thing to have done. I wish that never would have happened. But, A, we don't do that anymore. Right. And, B, you can't erase that. It happened. Right. But now what what's being attempted is to punish America for the fact that its founding was flawed in the eyes of Cultural revisionists, the failed yeah. academy, for example, the salon, they, uh, their worldview is that America is profoundly unfair and has been. Uh, I was just reading about a, a school board member who gave a speech with approval at the graduation of a school in Virginia. Uh, she was calling for a jihad against white supremacy and capitalism. So uh, at the root of this, it's a Victorian, really? No, a school board member. Oh, uh, oh, oh at, at the root of this is a disdain for capitalism. Right. Hmm. Wait till I tell you about this candidate in Seattle. Oh yeah, you didn't get it's, to that. You're going to get to that. A bird question for you before. What do you, you need move to know, on. Kenny? Oh, well, I'm wondering why it was named this or who it was named after, the uh, the tufted titmouse. I have no idea. How's tit the, spelled? The coal tit. T-I-T? blue tit. Yeah. What are they named for? Well, you have to look up the, is it T-I-T? Yeah. Look it up in the dictionary, please, the rookie, great quickly. tit. I don't know if I can pass the filter here. Well, it's not spelled T-E-A-T. Is it the purple one? Oh. That's While you're doing that, let me tell you, you, we better get up to Giants Ridge before that's found to be have some background problems. You know, maybe golf is racist. I'm sure we I'm could sure find, could find I, something. I'm sure you could do this to games. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, the quarry and the legend of Giants mm. Ridge are two of the greatest public golf courses in the country. They're the, also the greatest value in Minnesota golf. They have a 4th of July special right now. Play the legend or the quarry at Giants Ridge Sunday, July 4. 76 bucks plus tax when you register for Troon Awards at Giants Ridge. Giants Ridge offers group rates for groups of eight or more, including customized tournament packages. Rookie, lift up your computer and give me the dictionary that's sitting underneath it. 37-hole uh, special. Play the legend and the quarry. 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf plus lunch between rounds. 160 bucks plus tax on weekdays and $175 plus tax on weekends. But it's more than golf. It's getting back to nature, quietude, hiking, biking, water uh, recreation. They have, uh, they have the uh, fin cycle, a single rider electric golf cycle. Man, that's going to be cool. Mm -hmm. That's going to be cool. You find out more at GiantsRidge.com or you can also make your tea time. 
and uh, make sure you view the 3D course flyovers of the legend and the quarry at GiantsRidge.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. So, have you been there yet? They're a long time staple of the Minnesota power sports industry. If you still haven't experienced all that Moon Motorsports has to offer, do yourself a favor and visit the showroom in Monticello. From motorcycles to ATVs, side-by-side sleds, Moon Motorsports has the largest inventory selection in the region. I'm talking Honda, I'm talking Polaris, Can-Am. Saw a bunch of Can-Ams over the weekend. BMW, Triumph, Ducati, KTM, Yamaha, that's my brand, Skidoo. I'm going to get a Skidoo sled. i got to get one. Uh, you can see it all at moonmotorsports.com. This year they're celebrating a major milestone, 50 years. Their 50th Woo! year serving Minnesota uh, riders in sales, parts, accessories, and service. And kids, don't forget about dear old dad with Father's Day. That's what this weekend, right? Yeah. yeah. Father's Day, Moon Motorsports has a riding apparel, cylinders, and accessories that dear old dad really wants. You've probably seen that giant cathedral to motorsports. They're on the south side of 94 in Monticello, just west of Highway 25, and on the World Wide Web at moonmotorsports.com. A political candidate in the state of Washington once threatened to blow up a school bus full of children. And oh. when the students attempted to flee the potentially deadly situation, she called the kids white cowards. This is according to court documents. <coughs> Ubox Guard Here is running for the King County Council in Seattle. Guard Here is the director of the Equitable Development Division in the Seattle's Office of Planning and Community Development, which works with organizations on anti-displacement efforts in high-displacement risk neighborhoods with a continued emphasis on serving BIPOC communities that have been targeted by systemic and institutional racism. Guard here labors, labors, labels herself as a community organizer focused on policy and systemic healing. Uh, she calls herself a what? A bureaucratist. Not when I'm taking a drink. Please. <laughs> she says she has extensive experience in social justice and transformative practices. All of these oh. are words that mean nothing. Right. She prioritizes working in community development and building an inclusive vision with many of Seattle's BIPOC, uh, low-income, and working-class communities, her campaign website states. She believes all humans deserve respect, safety, shelter, and economic opportunity. However, Guard here reportedly did not offer school children respect or safety years ago. On January 12, 2010, Guard here allegedly boarded a school bus while it was transporting children to the Chinook Middle School. Guard here demanded the driver tell his dispatcher that a national security incident was going on, according to a new report from the Post Millennial. Guard here, who was a Somali immigrant, began yelling at the children about America's relationship with Somalia, according to police reports. The school bus driver instructed guard here to exit the vehicle, but she retaliated by saying that she may have a bomb and a gun, oh. the court documents say. You need to calm yourselves down because I could have a bomb. Look at how loose my clothes are, guard here said, according to an audio recording of the incident described in court documents. While speaking with the middle school students, the defendant stated that she might have a bomb and might have a gun. Deputy Prosecutor Gretchen Holmgren wrote to the King County Court, when students attempted to escape out the back of the bus, she called them cowards and told them they would be responsible if something happened to their classmates. 
Several students believe she had a weapon and many feared for their lives. Fox News reported the court documents also say at least one student heard her call the fleeing students white cowards. Hmm. Guard here told an arresting officer she was prepared to die, according to a King County detective. Guard here had no weapon in her possession. She was hit with felony charges of kidnapping, but worked out a plea deal with prosecutors ah, sure. to get the felonies down to a misdemeanor. A few weeks after she made veiled threats to bomb a middle school bus with children on board, Guard here gave an interview to Seattle Weekly. She told the paper that she was suffering from postpartum depression after the birth of her son three years earlier. Nope. She what? said her She said her mental condition works worsened after she stopped in Dubai to see in-laws on her way to visit Somalia in 2008, the article from 2010 said. Then, according to her account, she was nearly raped by someone at the house where she was staying and beaten up by police when she tried to report the incident. We don't know that. No. She told the publication, I'm thinking, what can I do or say that will get you taken to jail instead of a mental institute? Now she's running for the King County Council. Some of her political aspirations are to replace capitalism... See what I've been telling you? Yep. With an economic system that is based on abundance and communal self-determination for communities of color and all people. You're full of... Chutzpah. Our current economic Uh. system requires hierarchy, oppression, and extraction to operate and maintain itself. Guard here's campaign website says it divides people according to race, class, ableism, and gender, and often treats black, indigenous people of color, BIPOC, Uh, People who identify as LGBTQ, uh, poor people, immigrants, refugees, undocumented immigrants and refugees, people living with disabilities, the uh, natural... In a recent interview with the South Seattle Emerald, the leftist candidate said a moderate Democrat is somebody that's adjusted to whiteness. See, the left only Mm -hmm. runs against the left because they're not left enough. Mm -hmm. So to her, a Democrat is somebody who's adjusted to whiteness. She's been endorsed by State Senator Rebecca Saldana, a Democrat who said, I would follow Ubox anywhere. Uh, Good luck. Well, should this be surprising? No, and in fact, I was just going to say. Who are you thinking of? Much like the, uh, well. John Thompson. Right. But he much, threatened to burn down a whole town, right, and this fruitcake's right. in the house. Much like, who was the, uh, I would hang on to that, Joe, because much like, what was the story? Was it in Georgia? Where you said, we got to follow up to see what happens to this guy that said, well, Michigan. The yeah. lawmaker that, that was arrested yeah. said, I make y'all's budget. We, oh, we were, are you still checking that every day? Every Suits? day. Jewel was his name. But we need to monitor to see if she gets elected in November. Oh, God. She, she probably will. will. She will. No, she's already in. That's, this is... This is, this, is, <clears throat> this is one more step toward insanity. We oh, we're there. Back. We need to push back. We're there. We need more pushback. Capitalism has made... More lives better for more people than any other system in the world. All around the world, capitalism has made more lives improved than any other system Agreed. ever invented. Can't argue with that. You cannot argue with that. You know, Some, you sometimes to... you make it and sometimes you don't. And to the woke, that means it's unfair. No, it's not unfair. Sometimes you make it, sometimes you don't. Mm-hmm. You asked a question to our guest, uh, Nancy Ford. Mm-hmm. Was that her name? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, about the citizens of Minneapolis in the 12th, are they finally waking up and seeing what's happening? You, you were referring, making it in reference to her getting votes. And my question is, how far down, how low does this country, town by town, state by state, how low do we all collectively have to go? 
before people actually wake up uh, and see what's happening. That's a great before question. The, the middle left wakes up and puts a stop to the far left. How, uh, how far uh, the middle right, you know, when are we going to wake up and, and stop the insane right? You it, know, when are, when are we going to start let, talking together and well, working together? Let me add to that. Because when Joe was reading that story, Kenny, you know what thought occurred to me? For so many years now, we've been able to balance where the people that think the way that that particular woman does is going to be outnumbered by people like us. Right, right. But Even at in some her point, own, in her own, in, in right. their own party. But at some yes. point, the likes of her are going to outnumber us because I think the are. growing trend is for, especially with younger people now, it's. I want to follow the Bernie Sanders and Ilhan Omar model because that's the way that this country needs to progress. And at some point, we're going to be overrun by these people. But aren't we yep, now still 50-50? Aren't we still? I mean, when it comes down to it, yeah, yeah. we're pretty I much 50-50. So. The think national so. election would say that, I think. I think what would, Kenny's, would it not? Here's Kenny's question. When are the 50% of garage logicians in this country going to fight back? Yeah, and we're fighting we our friends, our own people, mm-hmm. uh, the people on our own side. Mm-hmm. When, when are we all going to get together and go, wait a minute, we can't let this socialism take over. Let's work together and get things straightened out. It's just a shame that Trump was such a clumsy messenger. Yes, yes. It's, a, it's a letdown. Just a shame. It's because a big letdown because he, all he did was divide. He did not bring anybody close You should have seen the size of the Trump rally at New Richmond on Saturday. Hmm. I just happened to drive by it, and wow. Well, why was there a Trump rally? I don't know anything about it other than I drove by it, and I have never seen so many parked cars. I mean, bigger than Woodstock. This was a huge, huge event. I just can't believe that people are even entertaining thoughts of him possibly coming back. There are so many... Rook, Look, go outstate Minnesota. I understand that. The signs that. are everywhere. I understand that. But and GLers, you have to realize, those of us on the staff here, we're not necessarily Trump haters, uh, but we, we want our country I, I pretty much am. Yeah, well, you are. And, and so I love, the, I, I love but, the message, but he's uh, insufferable. He's not a tolerable human being. But uh, the other three, we're not. I mean, we're not as much as you and John are, but... Uh, we've we've got to we've got you know if the three the five of us can get along and talk, that's what the rest right. of the conservatives right. and Republicans need to do. Let's get together and work this out. I'm just saying we can find someone that might be better suited to unite rather than just divide. Because if he comes Who back, shares it's going to be the same values, right? I don't think Biden is a uniter. He's not. He oh God, no. he has gone strictly far left. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's, he's a, a mouthpiece. He's a puppet. And well, my worry is he doesn't even know he's a puppet. He's, he's some... admitting that he's not. his staff does not allow him to take a lot of questions. He's being handled. How about, yeah. well, think of all the questions that President Trump had to handle. Uh, when he would, that's when he would always paint himself into a corner because mm-hmm. they kept peppering questions away at him and not. I don't. See, I don't see the. What intensity. did I tell you about the Trump presidency? It was going to be the most transparent presidency in history, and it was. That's but true. Joe, he did a lot of good stuff, and all of that now is all swept under the rug, oh, it's or all reversed, gone. or turned yeah. around. Yeah. You know, uh, he did a lot of really good things for uh, for this country, both sides. Can we come back with this day in history, please? Oh, because there, uh, Tom Lyman's uh, efforts have uh, found success again. I'm getting him on the email. <laughs> 
Truth, Justice, and the Souteray. Only. Come on. Come on. Only what? Because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Mompumalanga, South Africa, and whatever email troubles Tom Lyman and I had, they've been cured. Good. Uh, on this day. Uh, June 14th. June 14th. June 14th. 1981, on this day. June 14th, 1981. A tornado traveled from Edina to Minneapolis through Roseville, killing one and injuring 83 and causing $47 million in losses, to which Kelsey notes, I was working at the Union 76 self-service gas station on the northwest corner of Snelling and County Road B, right across from Harmar and Target. Mm. I was in the small building where people would drive up to pay, and it was glass on three sides. I got a little concerned when I saw green clouds going by, so I opened the door, which is on the west side of the building, to see what was coming, at which point the roof of an apartment building was being ripped off a block away. I stuffed myself between the sink and the toilet at the back portion of the building. I listened to the lights being pulled off the roof above me. The sound of music, which became Best Buy, was about 200 yards to the south. My 1975 El Camino SS was parked on the Sweet. west side of the building, and, that, and the side of the car that faced the tornado didn't have a scratch, but the east side of the car from the wraparound wind got completely sandblasted. Wow. Holy cow. I remember that tornado. I remember that very well that day, June 14th. What year was that? 1981. Yeah. And on this day in 2014, light rail service between Minneapolis and St. Paul began, called the Green Line. The 11-mile line passes through the University of Minnesota campus and along University Avenue. Does anyone else? Re- I remember that day. I do, too. We, we, we actually went down and rode the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody else remember something significant about that day in 2014? I I do. Nobody uh, paid. I think we had a once in a hundred year rainfall. Oh, that I don't remember. Yeah, it was. Uh, we had one hell of a oh, rain. I, I do I remember though the week leading up to light rail being launched was always fun because we lost power about every other day. Oh, dur- here during that time. Yeah, here at the radio station. <laughs> hey, that eighty-one tornado was that the one where they got the awesome uh, helicopter footage from uh, Channel Eleven? I do not believe so. I believe you're thinking of a different tornado. I really do. Yeah. Say, uh, I hope you got to Grunhoffers for the weekend. I did, actually. <clears throat> Someone needs to confess. Wait a minute here. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny oh, made a oh, run? Oh, oh, oh. oh boy. Yes. That's um, just rude. Did you try the new Wagyu steaks or burgers? Bacon, cheeseburger, burgers. Um, ba- uh, oh. No, yeah. Bacon, cheeseburger, burgers, and bacon, cheeseburger brats. Two packs of salmon, which I didn't touch till I got oh, home. Oh, restraint. Very good. You try an Ellsworth Creamery cheese curd beef stick? You know, I, I'm afraid you don't know enough about the Ellsworth Creamery. When you say Ellsworth Creamery, you don't put enough respect, enough tone in your voice. <laughs> this is a worldwide renowned creamery. This, this creamery, creamery, it's known globally, very well, famous. Well, and now they're in a beef stick at Spencer's Place, right in Hugo. <laughs> The north, the, the north end of Hugo. Right. The Wagyu steaks, the meatloafs, the burgers, the brats, the seasoning. It's just all fantastic, and we are right in the thick 
of grilling season, mm-hmm. aren't we? Mm-hmm. Right Father's the, Day weekend. Oh, Stock boy. up, baby. Get there, get there for Father's Day, grad parties, weddings, you name it. Spencer will take care of you. It's uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's on the Highway of Meat and Love. Highway 61 Meet and love. at the north end of Hugo. Hey, Kenny, uh, really quick before you take off. Uh, we were talking last segment about you know the, the media not really asking Biden the tough questions or him being even being allowed to. And I don't know that that's yeah. ent- entirely true because really? I have this snippet from the, uh, the White House, uh, courtesy of the White House press secretary. Um, great. Well, thank you, everyone. As I promised yesterday, I promised snacks. Um, I did not bring them in here, but my mother-in-law made homemade chocolate chip cookies for you guys. So um, there's one for each of you in here. We will do it in a COVID-safe way. Um, but thanks, everyone, and have a great weekend. COVID-safe way, Joe. See, we're going to hand out cookies what to about, the media. Uh, what about visiting the border? Shut up and eat your cookie. No, no, no. no. Weed. we, we got to hand these out COVID-safe. Yeah, you got to make Say, it we safe. didn't... We didn't ask. Is 38th and Chicago open today? Does oh no! I, I, I guess they we need a cam there. Yeah, what do you call those things? We need a cam, like yeah. the Eagles Nest yeah, cam. They need a 38th and Chicago cam. <laughs> thank you, GL. Let's see. Do we? Have... I'd like to thank all those GLers that have gone directly to Pod MN on their cell, uh, cell phone to uh, peruse and find local podcasts having to do with Minnesota that will entertain them. That's PodMN on your smartphone or PodMN.com on your computer. Check them all out. Also, as soon as you are done doing that, go to YouTube. Subscribe to the Garage Logic YouTube page, and you'll be entertained for hours and hours, and it doesn't cost nothing. It doesn't cost nothing? It costs nothing. Gotcha. If you ain't seen it, if you ain't seen it, and you can get you there at a high it. rate of speed. High rate of speed. The internet is great. <laughs> No filters. He's ignoring us. No filters on the internet. I'm looking at this uh, this day in history. Ubox guard here running for King County Council. I, I want to keep that. And we'll see. She wins. She's going to get elected. Okay. Uh, 